Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 133. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you potentially some geeky news. We catch you up on our pop culture lives as well. We bring you a review of something that's from the comic book or gaming world. Indeed. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you'd like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, also, feel free to donate to our Ko-Fi. Uh, yes. All funds are appreciated. And um, just thank you very much, even just for listening, to be honest. Yes. Like I always say, listening is just completely appreciated. Uh, and just to, remember, to... likes are free. You can like our stuff for free. You can tell your friends for free as well. That's so true. Very true. Your your participation in a, uh, at work the other day, I actually thanked somebody for their survey. Um <laughs> And um, I, I mean this in a way in which I just said to them, like, just to be honest with you, all feedback is just, like, important. I know I'm, like, that's a work thing. But, like, in general, <laughs> in, but in general, like, yeah, you know. Listen, if you get annoyed by something that we do, but you never tell us that we annoyed you, how are we going to know? Yeah. The news. Oh, Jasmine. the news. The, the news from Jimbo. We got our first glimpse into his new, his new DCU. It's no longer going to be the DCEU. We have... Drop the E. It is now just the DCU. Yeah, we got I our mean, first should, new cast. Two two people. Have, it should have always been the DCU anyway. It was always yeah. stupid calling it the extended DC, whatever. Uh, that's probably one thing that I'm probably okay with. But anyway, the two new people, uh-huh. the new Lois and Clark, Superman and Lois, is David Corin Sweats. Is that how you say his name? Corin Sweats? I Corrin assumed Sweats. he was British, so I thought you'd know. <laughs> I I've no I I don't even know who he is and um but Rachel uh Brosnahan is that how you say it Brosnahan sure uh so I know Rachel not not in person but uh I would love to um the marvelous Mrs Maisel ah uh, oh that's who she is yeah that's who she is yeah so that... I watched I've watched the first three seasons of the marvelous Mrs Maisel and it would surprise probably most people because obviously I love sci-fi i love um fancy and i do love crime those are kind of ones i generally stick in but occasionally i will venture into drama mm-hmm. uh, and although this is like a drama comedy uh although it's not for kids at all do not watch it with children um she's so good and i i had when this news came out i realized i hadn't i hadn't even realized there'd been a season four and five and this week i've started to watch season four and i'm i'm three episodes in and I actually have got no issues with her being Lois. I think yeah. she will smash it. She is such a good actress. I knew I recognized her name, but I couldn't place it. I've never watched The Marvelous Miss Maisel. That is definitely not my cup of tea. Do you know what? Do you know what? Like, I know, I know it's not your cup of tea, but I'll tell you what, watch like the first 15 minutes of it. Um, I think from memory, I think. So what happens is in the first episode of Marvelous Miss Maisel, her, she's like the perfect... I think I can't remember when it's set, like 50s. It's like in the 1950s. Yeah. She basically is like in speech marks, the perfect housewife. You know, she gets up before her husband, puts her makeup on, does her hair, gets back into bed. So he wakes up and she's looking fresh. You know, she does all the cooking, all the cleaning, takes the kids to and from school. You know, she does all these things. She supports her husband's career. He also wants to be um, a comedian, even though he's terrible, but she tries to really help him a bit. 
Uh, and then uh, at some point during the episode, he tells her, and it's all in the first episode, he tells her he's going to, he's leaving her for his secretary or something like that. Of course. Uh, and, and um, which later on, I think he does start to regret. And I wonder why. <laughs> and basically she becomes uh, a stand up comedian mm-hmm. and she smashes it. She's like so good. And, um, uh, and this the series follows her ups and downs as a comedian. Uh, currently, the start of season four is a bit of a downer. Uh, I wonder because in, in season four starts with a bit of a realization uh, of her own journey. And, mm-hmm. But no, she's so good. But anyway, this guy who plays um, who's going to play Superman, no idea who he is. Can't really comment on any potential future of him as Superman, but all I'll be honest, I, I know I sound like I'm one of these fanboys, but I just want Henry Cavill. Sorry. I, but he looks like Henry. I thought that I was know, the weird part. People, He's got I, that same square jaw that Henry has. And it's like, if you were going for that look, like you've already had the perfect casting. I know. Do you know what? They could have just left. I, I would have had no problem if they switched out um, Amy Adams with her uh, Rachel. I, I'm not, I, not really any affinity to Amy either way, but Rachel was. I think will be a perfect Lois, and if you're, and I do agree with you. I think he looks just like um, he looks Henry like Cavill. a smaller version of Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Much smaller. <laughs> he got hard to do some bulking up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Th- I did see those comments, and I thought people gave Gal Gadot a hard time for various. Yeah, I mean, but there's plenty of time. Like there, there's not going to be a movie for a while. He's got plenty of time to fit the suit. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I not mean, worried. Yeah, I was. With the girl that I think people gave her a hard time and she was flipping brilliant as Wonder Woman. Well, I mean, first Wonder Woman was brilliant. She was still good in the second one, but the film yeah. was awful. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Just get Henry back. We don't we don't need this guy. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I know, I know I sound like I'm dragging my feet here, and I know it's gonna happen, but yeah, man. If I was well, Henry Cavill, I'd be pissed. I mean, I'm quite sure, sure that he I'm is sure. very upset uh yeah I i'm sure he, he learned a, i'm sure he learned a big lesson here now don't announce shit until you've signed a contract oh yeah that was that was so messy that was so messy when he announced on his instagram that he, he was, was coming back. back and yada 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 and two days later james gunn was like by the way uh we are starting over with superman so we are in the works of looking for a new superman and everybody was like but wait, <laughs> Henry I just said, said he was coming back. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know James Gunn. Um, but Jimbo, if you ever want to talk to us, please hit us up. Well, I, I do think it was wrong what he did. I think he should have stood by. Uh, by he should have, even if he wanted to reboot DCU, 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 he should have kept Henry. He should have honored that agreement, personally. I just, I don't know. I, without knowing what's next or what direction they really want to go like other than them saying like they want something younger so basically to me it sounds like they just want to start over with a new origin story mm-hmm. so i don't know like i just don't under- i don't understand why we had to scrap I everything be- i didn't think this was meant to be an origin story i thought it was meant to be in the early days i saw a thing the other day about how it's meant to be going to be set in a world where he's not the only superhero like there will be other superheroes oh, and okay. there will be so I'm assuming it's like a couple of years into him being Superman. So mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe it could even start a little bit that he's already with Lois. So um, maybe, which is also 
which that part's also fine. Like, I'm yeah. not bothered about that. Um, I don't know. Superman, I've never been a fan. Like, I did not start to enjoy Superman until Henry Cavill became Superman. Um, he's just been my least favorite of the Justice League characters since I was a kid. So I don't really have any skin in the game in this whole Superman thing. I just think it's shitty that Henry got the boot. I, th- I think what they did was wrong. Well, I really, I know, and I know this is Hollywood and Hollywood doesn't care. Like, yeah. Uh, it's very rare to... Uh, you have to admire, though. There are some things we really have to admire, like the Christopher Nolan, um, a Christian Bale relationship, for instance. That Christian mm-hmm. Bale just would not budge. He's like, no, I'm cut only coming back if uh, Christopher Nolan. And like they apparently they just kept hounding him, and he just said no. So I, I love loyalty like that, mm-hmm. and I think you should see more loyalty. I think James Gunn should have, should have had an element of loyalty. I know he didn't have that. He didn't have that relationship, but he should have. But he he is loyal to his own people. He's definitely going to bring his own people in to everything. There were like four members of the Suicide Squad that were in Guardians Three. Like Mm. he always uses his same people. So well, his his wife was in Guardians Three. Well, yeah, she's in everything he does. Oh no, I know, I know. And if I if I was an actor or an actress, I would definitely marry a director or producer. (laughs) Like I would like that. I think you you married was it um, Tim Burton, um, his wife. Helena Bonham uh, Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like in everything he makes. Yeah. Are they together? Are they together still? I don't know. Like, pretty but, sure they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. <clears throat> she she shows up in everything that he's in. I mean, <laughs> I see it sorted. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. If I ever get divorced and yeah. I decide to take a <laughs> fly acting, I I've got to go find myself some female director or producer or something like that. Okay, yeah. let's. That's a lot to unpack. If I ever get divorced, I'm going straight to find me a Hollywood like, director, and I'm just going to marry her instead and make her put me in her movies. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Sort of. I think this plan needs work, man. I I think it needs a lot of work. Maybe some acting classes. Like, we got to start you somewhere. Like you got to like, start somewhere. You can't just like jump right in and be like, "Yo, Patty Jenkins, what's up, girl?" Yeah, I don't know. She let me down with Wonder Woman too. Uh, oh man, that I'd is hilarious, to... Mark. Okay, y'all, there you go. So anybody that is uh, wanting to help Mark out, go reach out to any female directors that you have connections with. Oh no, yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm still married. Like, there's not, no plans <laughs> to change that. Like, but you know, if oh if that my happens, gosh, if that happens. <laughs> If that happens, it must be a bar where they all go to, right? Listen, if that uh, happens, we but... better be getting some exclusive interviews on Geeks Unleashed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> um. Anyway, all jokes aside, uh, underwhelming news on the Superman part, uh, but great news on the lowest part. Although I think underwhelming is the only way they can go. I think after coming down from Henry Cavill, there's no way. There's no way you could have picked anyone just as big. Like you had to go to nobody, essentially. Okay. I think that's. Uh, I was chatting about this the other day. Like, um, oh damn it, I've forgotten her name. The English actress who uh, star Star Wars. Um, oh, Daisy. Daisy, yeah. Daisy Ridley. Uh, yeah, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, that that was a good move casting an unknown in uh, such a big franchise. Yeah. And I think when you do do big franchise uh, movies probably the only way forward is an unknown so he, he's an unknown Rachel he's, yeah is... he's done a few things but but they it seems like they've given him a good brace by casting Rachel instead of casting two unknowns 
yeah, Rachel's a lot, a lot more. Um, she, she's got a bigger profile. Yeah, I don't know, obviously in the TV world, but um, that's, I tend to see what happens big TV roles and then before they hit the movie world. But anyway, we've got ages to wait, so there's no yeah. point thinking about this. And, no uh, rush. But again, Jimbo, right. it's always open. Just hit us up. You want to talk about it? We want to talk about it too. So let us know. Do you know what? I might tweet him one day and just say, "Do you want?" To... I might actually just tweet him and say, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" Um, but I, like I said, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and everyone has their um, decision makings. And I have no problem with him, yeah, you know, using the same people because you see mm-hmm. that a lot. Like the CW tends to use the same people. Like yes. you know, a lot of people that do use the same people. I just think it was just a bit harsh. You should have just Henry Cavill was offered the role two days before he says to everyone, "Come back." Would it have really hurt you to have kept him? Not really. No. I mean, it might have though. Like it, it depends. It depends. It's it's hard to say. Like at this, if I don't know, like it's a wait and see, right? Like I don't know what direction they're going with the new DCU. So everything that I have said is based on what I have already seen, mm-hmm. and it's just like if if you wanted to anchor this whole Justice League, you really needed your big three to do that. And like, you just, without Superman, you don't really have a Justice League, you know? And it's just, so I don't know, does this mean that they're scrapping Justice League and they're just going to focus on giving everybody their individual films for a few years and then we'll go back maybe in like 10 years and get another Justice League movie? I don't know. I can't remember what their plot was now. They they did did have their their 10-year plan, didn't they? Um... Oh, it was quite a while ago that they laid it out, didn't they? Yeah, because they announced this, I want to say last year, didn't they? It was shortly after Black Adam came out, which I'm pretty sure Black Adam came out last October or September. Right, okay, here we go. The 10-year plan was, uh, I think this is an animated series, Creature Commandos, a Waller yes. TV series, Superman uh-huh. Legacy, the film, a Lanterns yeah. TV series, okay. the Authority movie, Paradise Lost TV series. Yeah. Brave and, the, Brave and the Bold, which is the Batman Robin film. Um, mm-hmm. Booster Gold movie. Oh, no, no. Sorry. TV series, but Booster Gold. Okay. And Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is a film. And then Swamp Thing, which is a movie, but nobody has seemed to clarify whether Swamp Thing is DCU or not. And that that is it in terms of solo things. So... Uh, is no Brave and the Bold going to be a uh, live action or animated movie? No live action. That's going to be whoever the new Batman and Robin is. Uh, well, there so there have been rumors that Jensen Ackles is in 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 the mix to play Batman. That would be brilliant. Like I'll be honest, I, I think DC could have a whole new fandom if they bring in Jensen Ackles. Like you automatically acquire the entirety of the supernatural fandom. Yeah, and believe me, they're rabid. So. But anyway, we'll stop talking about DCU. Well, kind of until in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Only for a few minutes. Yeah. Just going to quickly talk about a couple of things that we may have watched or read or listened to as we do. As we so, do. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Well, mine is quick. I was, of course, as usual, watching my K-dramas on Netflix. And then I saw this trailer for this new K-drama that seems so cool. It's about like this guy who does like underground boxing called bloodhounds and i was like i'm putting that on the watch list so as soon as we're done recording this episode it's just gonna be me and my netflix man so 
Um, I have watched a few things and read a few. Well, not I've not actually read that much. I just shout out this. Um, <clears throat> I read the first three issues a couple of weeks ago, but here is issue four, which I read today. Of, and what well, is this? Sorry, this is called Red Goblin. Um, Red Goblin. It is a Marvel comic. Is he Smart. in any way related to the Green Goblin? Yes. So the main okay. star, in fact, in fact, actually, the Green Goblin is Norman Osborn, who is in this book. He is not the star, okay. although although he is one of the main characters. So the Red Goblin is actually his grandson, Normie Osborn. Oh, my God. And, Can't uh, we just give the kids new names? Like, we don't have to do this. And uh, so I don't know how old he is, like eight or ten or something. But I, I like it. It's not going to change your life. It's fun. So yeah. he basically, the Red Goblin is a symbiote. Uh, it's a kind of smaller symbiote who he calls Rascal. And that was given to him by Eddie Brock's son, Dylan. I was just going to say it had to have come from a Venom person. Yeah, so uh, Eddie, Eddie Brock's got a son called Dylan. And Dylan has a symbiote. And Dylan gave uh, Normie a, a little one. Anyway, the symbiote, when he changes into his symbiote, takes on the form of a goblin. <clears throat> okay. uh, so I assume it's because, obviously, he's in the goblin uh, dynasty. Okay. And, um, but no, it's pretty cool. I like it. Like, uh, like I say, it's not going to change your life. But yeah, yeah. But like you works, said, it's a fun read. I think it is a fun read. The artworks pop in as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed the first four issues. Um Issue five, however, is a crossover with Carnage and Miles Morales. Oh, wow. And so Carnage has got his own book, and Miles Morales obviously has his own book. And I haven't read really any Miles or Carnage. So I do have a, a huge amount of Miles, which I have backlogged. Mm-hmm. I, don't have any, I don't have any Carnage. And so I'm considering what do I do? Do I just go into it? And try and figure out what's going on in their books. Why not? I do. I don't. I don't. I don't always enjoy crossovers when I don't actually read the books. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, what we're actually here for? Yeah, yeah. The main event. <laughs> so throughout July, following um the Flash movie, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Batman. Just before we do, though, because uh, last week's episode was quite a long episode. Um, uh, the Flash ended. And we're not going to go into this too much here. It ended with George Clooney. However, I looked it up afterwards, Alex, I, and I had forgotten because the Flash movie has spent years in development. Yeah, now. this has been a long time coming. So the Flash actually had several endings, and the reason uh, for the multiple endings was due to the rarest change of leadership from, mm-hmm. obviously, what we've got now with James Gunn, but previously we had... Um, uh, the Discovery merger, and then obviously other regimes as well, which have obviously uh, we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially there's an ending which had um, Michael Keaton, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and Supergirl at the end at the courthouse scene, Robin George Clooney. So Ezra Miller walks out, you know, his father's free, sees them. They're, they're now in the new timeline. Then there was another ending filmed with those two and, Henry Cavill and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, et cetera, et cetera, after Henry Cavill was coming back because of uh, the whole Black Adam thing. Um, and then during all of this, Michael Keaton also filmed uh, a cameo in Aquaman 2. And there was a whole movie called Batgirl that was filmed with Michael Keaton. Who that I they threw had, in the trash. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it got it got binned, cancelled. Uh, they probably <clears throat> not deleted it, but I, I can't imagine it's deleted. Let's hope that someone somewhere makes a bootleg copy like they did of that Fantastic Four movie. Oh, because it's, it's, it's I want to. I want to know. Like, I want to know what was so awful about this movie that they just literally threw it in the trash. I don't imagine it was awful at all. I just imagine it was just again, it didn't fall in line with what they wanted to do. So, um, but so that's basically the flash was going to end with Michael Keaton fully back, and the whole idea of it was that Michael Keaton was going to be the DCU's version of Nick Fury. He was going to essentially have cameos all over the place and kind of take on a mentoring role to this is to even more frustrating to, to the superheroes of the DCU world. And I think from from memory now, there was going to be a um, Batman Beyond movie with him in. That's what uh, I want. That's what so I want that, so bad. And that that got so that got cancelled as well. And um, we ended up with the George Clooney thing. And now that kind of, in a way, brings us full circle to where we decided last <clears> week. <throat> actually, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the roots of Michael Keaton. Yeah, as Batman. Since so, the Flash was a Batman movie, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Batman, nineteen eighty nine. It's written by Sam Ham, Warren Sakharin, I think. Uh, directed by Tim Burton, based off characters from DC Comics, who was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. I'm sure you've all heard of them. Mm-hmm. And it stars top billing goes to Jack Nicholson, and then. Michael Keaton, Ken Basinger, Robert Wool, Pat Hingle, Billy D. Williams, Michael Goh, and Jack Palance. Uh, first, appearance. first appearances. Got you do the first appearances. Batman, Detective Comics, twenty-seven, May of nineteen thirty-nine, and then I I did not realize this until recently that Vicky Vale was actually a comic character as well. So Vicky Vale actually had her first appearance in Batman number forty-nine in October of nineteen forty-eight. And, of course, the Joker, his first appearance was in Batman number one in 1940. So he was not too far behind the introduction of Batman himself. So it was released in, it was released on the 23rd of June, 1989. 126 minutes. Budget of 48 million. Oh, wow. Box office of 411.6 million. That is one hell of a return, especially back in 1989. That is a, <clears throat> you can see how a sequel got greenlit. Uh, yeah. Um, spoiler: the sequel is the best. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're back with the fun facts. Um, fun fact number one. So I I wrote it down here. So Mark has already seen the answer. But for those of you listening and watching, well, I haven't um, actually read these yet. I okay. Don't like, read. Don't read. Don't read. Okay. All right, so at the time, now think, this is back 1989, which means they were probably cast in about 86, 87. Can you guess which popular, at the time, comedian was already signed on to do the role of the Joker before they actually got Jack Nicholson? Any guesses? Comedian? 1986. Oh, do, no. Do, 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 do. I shouldn't have spent to be a song for something, but I don't know. It's from Jeopardy. Oh, what's it now? <laughs> Jeopardy. Jeopardy is a big thing in America, not here. Okay, I, uh, fine. Fine. Uh, comedian. I don't know. Go on. Robin Williams. 
Oh, right. What was Ra- it? Was he a host of Jeopardy? No, he was not. No, that's just the Jeff. Never mind. Oh, it's an American oh, thing, sorry. I guess. Oh, sorry. I thought that's what you were trying to say. Like, no, okay. no, that's just like the waiting music on Jeopardy when they're trying to figure oh. out the answer to Final Jeopardy. Sorry, I thought that's what you were going with that. Right? No, I would never have guessed Robin Williams. He would not suit that role at all. Ah, uh, well, it would have been different. It would have been a different role. Okay, so. Oh yeah, yeah. They Maybe had back then. Maybe yeah. back then it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So he was signed on and everything, and he was excited, but. Again, look, these DC shenanigans started way back when. So the only reason that they gave him the part and let him sign on was because they went to Jack Nicholson first. And at first, Jack Nicholson was like, no, I'm not doing this. And they were like, so then they went and got Robin Williams. Robin Williams said, yeah, sure. Hell yeah, I'll do this. And then they went back to Jack Nicholson and they said, all right, man, look, if you don't do it, Robin Williams is going to do it. And then Jack Nicholson was like, fine i'll do it and i was like i didn't realize that jack nicholson and robin williams had a beef but like it they they it was like a bait and switch so that pissed robin williams off so badly because they asked him to be riddler and batman forever which comes several years later um and robin williams flat out refused he said he was never ever going to work with dc until they are never going to work with warner brothers until they apologized for the bait and switch that they pulled with this movie which that's crappy, but it's been happening since the beginning of Hollywood. I'm I'm sure. Uh, it just sounds like the Henry Cavill thing all over. Again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that is a bummer. We could have had a completely different Joker if if we had had Robin Williams in that role. Um. All right. So the iconic Batman voice, which I feel like it didn't become iconic until Christian Bale did it because he just overdid it to a certain extent. Like that deep batman in costume Mm -hmm. voice yeah that was originally michael keaton's idea because he was talking to tim burton and he was like it doesn't make sense this guy is going to be recognized in the suit like somebody is going to realize that that dude in the suit is bruce wayne Mm -hmm. and michael keaton was like what if i change my voice and tim burton was like okay but what do you mean change your voice and so that's how we got this batman when he's in costume how he has such a low register when in his speaking voice as batman Versus his speaking voice as Bruce Wayne. That was Michael Keaton adding that to the character, which then carried on to every other Batman that came after him. Mm-hmm. All right. So in Batman Begins, now this is way, way, way later, we get the whole backstory with Commissioner Gordon, but at the time he was just a regular cop and how he kind of consoled Bruce Wayne after his parents were shot. So they actually filmed a sequence like that for this movie. It didn't make the final cut. Um, but Pat Hingle, who's the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon in this Batman film, had said that there was a scene where he was consoling Bruce after his parents got shot in the alley. And it was supposed to be like a foreshadowing of the relationship that Gordon and Batman have as the films progress. So instead of keeping that scene in, they used a still from that scene. And it is in one of the newspapers that Vicki Vale and um, the <coughs> reporter guy are talking about at one point. And I thought that was really interesting. Oh, that they okay. kept they kept that idea for so long, essentially. They pretty much sat on it for like 15 years before they used it again in another Batman film. Um, and then last fun fact. So Tim Burton really, really, really wanted, like this was an idea he had. It never came to fruition, but he really wanted to have Adam West and Julie Newmar play Thomas and Martha Wayne because he wanted to wanted it to feel like a handing off from one Batman to another Batman. Because before this, 
Adam West was Batman and we didn't have any other Batman until Michael Keaton came along in 1989. So we got the Adam West from the sixties and then, then we got the, this Batman from the eighties. Um, and when someone asked Adam West about it, he was like, a, nobody ever called me to say that. And B, if they had, I would never have said yes. <laughs> You're right. He would have definitely said yes. Oh, right? <laughs> uh, it's funny though, because Adam, Adam West and Julie Newmar, uh, Julie Newmar, who was the original Catwoman um, before Eartha Kitt, uh, actually did voice Thomas and Martha Wayne in an animated WB Batman film in 2010. Hundred percent, they would have said yes. Hundred yeah. percent. Like, so they, I thought, that, I like, I thought the reasoning behind that was interesting. Like, if you cast the original Batman as Thomas Wayne, giving way to new Batman, like, I can see it. I can see it, Tim Burton. This annoys me more actually hearing that because, um, oh fuck, what's his name, Jeffrey Morgan, and oh uh, yeah, and Maggie, <laughs> yeah, Ma- 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 Maggie. Who, strangely <laughs> enough, Negan and Maggie, who, yeah. Which is so funny that they were Martha and um, and Thomas, yeah, and Thomas in the opening scene of Batman versus Superman, and I believe he did that deliberately because in case there was, he I think his flashpoint was going to have the 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 um, uh, Thomas as Batman, mm. uh, so in Flashpoint Thomas becomes Batman, so that would have been awesome if they'd have done that in the Flash movie. Oh, so many missed opportunities with Flashpoint. Anyway, not Flashpoint, the Flash. Which yeah. should have which should have been Flashpoint. But we should have had Jeffrey Dean Morgan back. <laughs> it was such such good actor, such a missed opportunity. When uh, I saw Batman versus Superman and I saw that they cast two high profile actors yeah. to be Martha and um and Thomas. Uh, and Thomas. I keep forgetting Thomas' name. And um to see them as Martha and Thomas, I was like, they are sure bringing them back. I literally could see it. I was like, they're gonna bring them back. So I think that was probably Snyder's plan. But could have been. The world will never know. Well, yeah. <laughs> you never know, though. Like, yeah. You never know, though, because let's be honest, no one would have ever thought that Michael Keaton would come back to Batman. Uh, I think when WB saw those numbers, can you imagine a $48 million budget in this day and age? Like, that wouldn't get you anything. No, what I mean is, like, that film's almost 30, over 30 years old. What I mean is you never would have considered that Michael Keaton would come back in The Flash. How do we know 30 years from now, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or maybe maybe not 30 years for him? (laughs) I always hoped, because after after Batman Beyond, I always hoped that no matter who played Batman, that when they did a Batman Beyond film, that they would bring back Michael Keaton so he could be old man Bruce, Mm -hmm. because no one can play crotchety old man like Michael Keaton. Yeah. He's he would be so good as old man Bruce. We'll have to wait for James Gunn to go now. But anyway, <sighs> this is the IMDB summary. So the Dark Knight of Gotham City begins his war on crime with his first major enemy being Jack Napier, a criminal who becomes a clownish homicidal joker. So it's weird going into this. So this movie with kind of the knowledge that we have now. So yeah. um so this movie this book here, like yeah. the killing the killing joke, which we, we read and reviewed on our, our book club yep. um uh, and covers off a possible origin story. Mm-hmm. And also having earlier in the year reviewed the Joker movie and mm-hmm. and now having a movie where the mystery and origin of the Joker is 
not a mystery at all. It, yeah. They, they show us that he's a gangster called Jack Napier who, who uh, becomes the Joker. And, and there's no real mystery or secretiveness at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of weird going in with these lenses, considering when I first watched this, I was about eight or nine. And with no no knowledge of Batman, really. I didn't even read comics back then. Um, so it was kind of weird for me going in now. I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's a lot headier now because we have so much other information. This was yeah. literally, this film in 1989 is the first film I ever saw in theaters. Ever, ever, ever. So, oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. That's how new I was to the movie experience. I didn't see this in the theater, but I did see Batman Returns in the theater. But we, I did. Well, but... my mom was obsessed with Batman. And so because my mom was obsessed with Batman, when this came out, she took me. And the scene where Joker shakes that guy's hand in the boardroom and then fries him, mm-hmm. that messed me up for life. Like, to this day, <laughs> I am still like, I cannot watch on screen when there are like burned bodies or skeleton. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, this movie really messed me up on that, on that front. <laughs> So, so I don't know. I kind of overall thoughts on this movie. It's weird. It's, I feel like it's difficult. I still love this movie. A, my knowledge hasn't changed. The love of this movie. Yeah. But it was weird going in with this knowledge now, mm-hmm. and and I was kind of thinking about it while I was watching it. I, you know, I haven't rewatched this movie for like ten years. Yeah, it's been uh, a while. At least it's been a long time. So I did have to rewatch this. There's no way like. There's other films I've rewatched, like Batman Returns. I've watched loads, but this movie hasn't had the same rewatch uh, ability that Batman Returns did. Um, I love Batman Returns because it's a Christmas movie as well as a, <laughs> as well as a superhero movie. Uh, this is just a normal. This uh, is a normal movie. It's not a Christmas a nor- movie. It's not a holiday a nor- fair. This is just a normal comic book movie. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway um, yeah, no, I, I, I do I do love the groundedness of this. Like, it's yeah. a very grounded superhero movie, and it's not over the top, which we, uh, as the films go on, the Batman films go on, they do become more outlandish. I love the, the groundedness of this, and I do love the I think that's more between... of a Joel Schumacher thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, but I think Tim Burton sometimes can. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he also can be a bit wacky, Tim Burton. Like, I mean, look at you. Yeah. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands, for instance. And, right. And, uh, he does go down that road. Uh, even Batman Returns is is a huge change in tone um, from Batman. From Batman, this is a Tim Burton took a much more grounded approach to this movie, um, and you can definitely see the difference in the characters of Batman and Bruce Wayne. So, I would say this Bruce Wayne is much more quiet, much more reserved. Yeah. Um, kind almost, almost nerdy. Uh, yeah, nerdy, uh, heart on his sleeve. Yeah, it has a bit of a geekiness about him. Uh, the scene he's definitely he... not like the playboy that we get in later films. That's yeah, for sure. no, he, he, although he, he, yeah, he very much uh, invites Vicky for a date, and then I thought it was quite um, a nice sentimental moment with him and um, Alfred in the kitchen, and Alfred's mm-hmm. kind of taking on the father role, telling stories about Bruce, and and later on him and Vicky kiss on the stairs. That they're kind of their first date is in his mansion. Mm-hmm. And like you say, it's it's a much more grounded and homelier uh, approach to uh, the Batman mythology. It's not like you see later on with other. Yeah, he's not going to be rolling around town in a Lamborghini like Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah, that, that's again. It was a, obviously a different different director, different take, and um, 
yeah, so and there, 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 there's obviously the, the usual tropes of the dark and the shadows, and even when you see Bruce Wayne in, in costume as Batman, he's a lot of the time is in the shadows when he's talking to Vicky. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I do love this movie. I think it's a great movie. It's a great entry point to the Batman world. And mm -hmm. it was like you said, like you just said that previously to this, it was Adam West, the campy sixties pound. Yeah. Band. So it's yeah, so, at the time it was a yeah. huge change from Batman that people were familiar with. And I think this is a much more serious sort of yes. Batman. Yes. Uh, so, sorry, not just Batman, superhero movie. Yeah. And I know it took movies like Blade to really put a cultural shift in expectations. But actually going back to 1989, that shift was there. Tim Burton yeah. saw the opportunity to not make a campy superhero movie. Whilst other people did come on later and make campy movies, Tim Burton took a, a very much more grown-up approach mm -hmm. to, to making superhero movies. He saw the potential to actually not make this, to use the word, comic booky. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like looking at it in today's lens, like it is obviously very dated. This movie does not age well technologically, um, but you can see where every other version of Batman got its inspiration from, because the Art Deco city that they built in this film is the Art Deco city that we get in Batman, the animated series. The the cars, the the style of dress, the attitudes, all of those things carried over into other Batman realms. Um, so I think this movie was like, in a sense, a trailblazer because it opened up the floodgates of possibility for a lot of other things. Um, I watching this movie really made me want to go back and re-rate the flash from last week because <laughs> like they literally took so many lines from this film oh, and use them in the flash and i'm just like and you i mean you recognize them in the flash movie as well but it's like it's even worse when you go back and watch the original and you're like ah. I, so, I, there was one scene that completely jumped out at me i was like oh that's where they got that from yeah like, so the two lines that they had in the flash were have you ever danced with the devil in pale moonlight and you want to get you want to get nuts let's get nuts um yeah so when both of those happened in the Flash movie, I was like, oh, my God, you literally pull those right from Batman. But like watching Batman again, it was just like, I don't know this. Watching Batman from 1989 and comparing it to the Flash from 2023, it's just absurd. Like it's absurd how. Even without the technology, like this movie runs laps around the Flash movie. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's got better characters, better development. It's interesting. And yeah, it's campy and it's cheesy. I think that's always going to be an element of superhero films, but like the caliber of people that were in this film, like at the time, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson doing a superhero movie and Michael Keaton, who had up <clears throat> until this point, Michael Keaton was pretty much a comedic actor. Like he did stuff like he did funny things. And so like for him to be Batman, it was just, Everything about this movie does not work on paper, but then when you actually watch it, it is a very well done kind of first entry into the superhero world. Oh, uh, I mean, Michael Keaton, I would say growing up was always well, even I would say he's an actor you can always rely on. Mm -hmm. He's a, he is a solid actor, Michael Keaton. There's no denying that he is 
whatever he's in, he's giving, you know, 150%. I even love Michael Keaton in Need for Speed. (laughs) That is a good film, Need for Speed. I love Need for Speed. (laughs) Like, we will will do Need for Speed on it. So previously to this, actually, Michael Keaton, I I couldn't remember the year, uh, Beetlejuice, 1988. Beetlejuice is one of my favorites. Eventually getting a sequel. So... Um, I think I they started that. filming the sequel already. I uh, thought I, I saw something about Winona Ryder as Lydia. I didn't realize this that he actually was in TV as well, Michael Keaton. Um, I've only ever known him as a movie actor, but yeah, 1989 Batman. So previously to that, he was in something called The Dream Team. Uh, never heard of it to be honest. Um, wow, Christopher Lloyd was in that. Crazy. Anyway, Batman in 1989, but. Multiplicity wasn't too far behind that. Uh, it was in the paper in 1994. Multiplicity came out in 1996. Oh, okay, 96. Yeah, so Multiplicity is an amazing film. Multiplicity like, is so silly. <laughs> it's, it's such a good film. He was in Jackie yeah. Brown in 1997. Oh, he was in Jack Frost in 1998. Yeah, but it was like the kids' version, not that stupid horror version. Have oh, you yeah, seen yeah, the horror yeah, yeah. version of Jack Frost? No. It's about a killer snowman, literally. Uh, have you seen White Noise with Michael Keaton? White Noise? Yeah. No, you that's might... a creepy movie. I saw that at the cinema. No, 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 I would not. Mm-mm. That's a no. <laughs> that's a no for me. You know how I feel about paranormal yeah. stuff. That's a hell no. Uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't watch that film now I'm older and I actually nope. could. I would dwell on it more. When that mm. came out, I wouldn't have dwelled on it anywhere near. Um, honestly, he's been in so many good films. Birdman, so. he was fantastic in Birdman. You know, I've not seen Birdman. Oh my oh. god, watch Birdman! I know it's on the list of things to watch. Oh, it's um, so good. I remember him being in Need for Speed. So, if you watch Birdman and then you go back and rewatch The Flash, it's it's gonna feel really surreal because the whole concept of Birdman is that he's a washed up superhero that is trying to make a comeback, and I'm then like we get him in the Flash Keaton and superheroes. So Batman, Batman Returns, obviously The Flash, but we're forgetting the Vulture in Spider-Man: right. Homecoming, right? And and also his cameo as the as the Vulture in Morbius as well. Yes. Uh, so and actually, think how good he was as the Vulture. He's that, a good that, villain too. He is that's a good that's villain. why he makes such a good Batman because I think Batman is definitely that character that is always forever in the gray area. Like you don't know if he's good, you don't know if he's bad. And um, I loved it in the opening scene. So I'll be honest with you, like you said about this, age, not aging well, this film, there are some parts of it that really have aged badly. Yes. So the opening scene took way too long. Like, really yes. was too slow. It was really not... It wasn't impactful enough because we spent way too much time with these um, muggers mm-hmm. and them sitting there counting their cash, and blah, blah, blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this is just going on way too long. Uh, eventually Batman does show up mm-hmm. and it's brilliant, brilliant from the moment he arrives and he lifts the guy up and he says in his face, I'm Batman. Yeah. And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> yes. Back then I probably wouldn't have been anywhere near as excited by that line. Um, but now it's just so good hearing Michael Keaton say I'm Batman, especially following last week. And this movie actually really weirdly is making me want to rewatch the flash it is like, just be, just to see Michael Keaton's brilliance. So yeah. Michael Keaton does steal this. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, overall, I think this is 
a fairly solid movie. It has mm. its faults, and I'd say a lot of its faults are mainly because it doesn't age well. Yes, I would agree I think, with that. I think at the time this came out, this was a outstanding movie for 1989. Yeah. And Tim Burton, to be honest, he kind of almost did what Christopher Nolan did. Like Christopher Nolan made a, a really strong, serious take on Batman. Mm-hmm. However, Tim Burton also did a really strong, serious take on Batman. Mm-hmm. for 1989 and at the time we hadn't seen that level of uh right com- commitment to a superhero being taken seriously up until that point so um especially batman who you know was a 60s tv yeah so that's that's the thing right like the this was a really great reboot from that 60s campy thing and the fact that this came out in 89 it fits so well with the rest of the films that are coming out in the 80s because the 80s was filled with these really cheesy action films that had these one-liners and it was filled with all the sci-fi stuff i mean like you've got batman sneaking in at the end of the decade where we had terminator and predator and like rocky i mean like it's just there's so so many commando like there's so many action movies and things of that sort happening at this time and this movie slots in there just right uh, to me even though it does have a guy in a cape it still feels like it fits the time very well um do you know i just pulled up right okay so in 1980 in the 1980s the comic book movies that we had were supergirl superman the superman films obviously um uh flash gordon and this has a very different tone than all of those yeah like this was the first gritty one we got like all the superman films are very like light very bright yeah so i mean howard the duck i mean that, that came out in the 80s and uh well, we covered that earlier this year. So. I think this is this is quite a bit better than Howard the Duck. Yeah, like, uh, I, I would say, uh, obviously, we've not covered everything from that world yet, but this is a really standout eighties comic book movie, right? Right, and again, for the caliber of the cast that you had in this film as well, to all be attaching themselves to a superhero franchise, which mm. at the time, like this was before we had like big franchises, so. As you said, cast. There's a, there is a good there is a big cast here. Like even um, Harvey Dent has a small role, mm-hmm. which I find ironic considering he's recast later. Um, <laughs> it's a, I mean, that is what happens. But um, our main cast really is Vicky Vale, um, uh, Joker and Batman. Yeah, Joker and Batman. Oh, I went blank then. Uh, Vicky, Vicky, Joker and Batman are the three main cast. Alfred probably comes just below that. Uh, and then obviously we've got the rest of it, Commissioner Gordon and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a few cameos of um, other people. So really, do you have a favourite? Uh, yeah, Batman. Yeah, I know. Like, it is, it is Batman. <laughs> It has to be. I, I really enjoyed Nicholson's take on the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was diabolical and i really liked that as well so i think and i would say like since this was the very first film i ever saw in theaters i think that probably had a big influence on why i like villains so much mm-hmm. um because he was bad like just to the core bad but he was so good at being bad 
that it was almost hard not to root for him in some kind of way. Like I didn't want him to win. I still wanted Batman to win, but like I only wanted Batman to win by like that much, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want him to just completely annihilate the Joker. Like I really enjoyed the play off of each other, especially how Batman was so like demure and like dark, but quiet. Whereas the Joker was just like this overbearing personality. Like, it's just so interesting um, watching them play off of each other. And I don't know. I mean, of course, Batman, but also Joker. Joker is still this, this version of the Joker is one of my favorite movie villains, I'd say. Yeah, Joker's, the Jack Nicholson's Joker is, I think Jack Nicholson has a tendency to overplay roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he definitely, but this is the kind of role that calls for it. He definitely hams roles up. I've seen yeah. other films where he's too hammy, but this, but this, it, it fits like mm-hmm. his version of the Joker. It fits kind of what's going on. And I actually think Jack Nicholson plays really well. Yeah, and he it, pulled it, makes... it back from what Cesar Romero did back in the 60s when he was playing the Joker. So it's not quite as over the top as that version, but also this version of the Joker is so much more menacing. Like we only get this scary Joker like in stuff like The Killing Joke, right? Like we only get that kind of Joker in the comics. We don't really get the diabolical kill the guy right away, not until Nolan anyway. No. Well, yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker is a completely different Joker. Yeah. Like Heath Ledger joker is he's a literal psychopath yeah i mean you wouldn't want to be in the same room with him right now like like, the child if he's living joker was sitting here right now damn boy you better run yeah hurrah if i saw that fool walking down the street i'm turning around walking the other way (laughs) i'm not i'm not walking the other way i'm gonna run run like hell (laughs) i'm running and uh and that that guy's probably like got dynamite on him or something this version of the joker though is a lot obviously for 1989 though mm-hmm. tim burton probably could only push it so far yeah so uh, unfortunately the public are becoming a lot more accepting of violence in television and films yes so... this one actually i did look up a stat there they had a they someone kept count there's a body count for this film there were 56 deaths i think it was 30 on screen and 20 off screen i wonder how many were in heath ledger's joker uh, thousands like, so, I do. I there were some moments though with Jack Nicholson's Joker that I was okay. I, I don't know, it didn't age well. Oh, yeah, the, all of the misogyny, none of that aged well at all. No, no, but even um, like when they broke into the art place, and yeah, I don't know, just all of that stuff. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, there's there was various parts that didn't age well, but I thought generally. It, his his slight menacing was good. He, mm-hmm. he could be quite menacing, and um, yeah. Anyway, Batman though was the best, of course. I thought Kim Basinger's Vicky though was good. I thought I thought she played Vicky really well. Um, I thought I don't know. I, there's not really a lot to say about her because I didn't really go too much into her character. But mm-hmm. I felt I felt that it wasn't just that she was girlfriend material. I like that she was an investigative journalist. Yeah. But yeah, she did bin her story off what she knew Batman was. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she should have stuck to her journalistic guns. There you go. <laughs> well, a photographer. She was working with the journalist, but she was oh, a yeah, photographer. Yeah. But still. But oh, oh, speaking of her photography skills, like the, when they first introduced her, she's reading an article about Corto Maltese. 
which this was the first time I'd ever heard Corto Maltese outside of the Suicide Squad. So I thought that was uh, really cool that that has been part of DC for a very long time. And then the Suicide Squad reused it. Uh, okay. But no, I think Michael Keaton's Batman is brilliant. He's outstanding as Batman. Uh, I don't know. There's not, there's not really too much more I can say. I've talked about how much I love Michael Keaton. I think he's a great, solid actor. Yeah. He He's still as amazing as he was back then. Um, and I liked, I liked the difference. It, it's almost like a bit like, actually thinking about it now, it was a bit like seeing the difference of Clark Kent and Superman. Mm-hmm. The way he played Batman was, like you say, a more nerdy, reserved um whilst wealthy but kind of naive a little bit mm-hmm. um and then batman was this solid strong yeah. presence of or, you know dark no movie. hesitation yeah and no hesitation and stuff like that however i mean as we as i segue across here into the actual structure of the movie um actually i want to shout out my favorite scene was the bit what well, was one of my favorite scenes and I think it kind of does help me link to the Flash here when the Joker and him are in the same room and he's Michael Keaton and seeing the reservedness, but also suddenly that bravery kicks in and he walks up to him and says, I know who you are, obviously, because he knew he was Jack, Jack, uh, Jack Napier. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he he's like going, and he actually uses that line, let's get nuts. Yeah. And I'd forgotten that was from the Batman movie. Yeah. Like, I thought that was something for the Flash. No. And when he said, let's get nuts, I was like, Oh wow! I was yeah. like, "That's cool," like, and that that kind of strengthened my love of the Batman we saw in the Flash. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I thought it was a cool moment, and I loved how he didn't need his bat suit to stand up to the Joker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously, he got shot, but um, <laughs> he but he had off armor. It's okay, but he showed up later. So. Yeah. They didn't do a headshot. They didn't remember their horror movie. Uh, See rules, that so. if people would pay more attention to Scream, yeah. they wouldn't be in these situations. Always get, well. I, I'm glad that the Joker didn't, but <laughs> there would have been no sequel. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dear, what was your favorite scene before? Ah, uh, favorite scene. I don't know. What would my favorite scene have been? I think my favorite Bruce Wayne scene is definitely when the reporter and Vicky are in the hall of armor or the arsenal armory or whatever. And they're making fun of all of the stuff that Bruce Wayne has collected. And he's just standing there behind them waiting for his chance to speak. Um, And then when the waiter comes up and he's like, Mr. Wayne, we've run out of champagne. Is it okay if we open up new cases? And he's like, yeah, yeah, six, open up six more, six more cases. That sounds good. Right. And the reporter guy is like, yeah, six, of course. (laughs) I thought that was a great scene. And he's yeah. like, what about and then a Grant? And then as he's walking up, he went on yeah. Sky Grant. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought that was good. So. Yeah. So I like that as far as like a Bruce Wayne scene. And I think my favorite Batman scene. Hmm. I don't know. I think my favorite Batman scene is gonna have to be when he first unveils the Batmobile. Oh yeah, I love that. Just because that was just so like iconic. That is my favorite Batmobile, by the way. Like that version. Um, yeah, get in the car. What car? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with that. I do have something that I would uh, cut for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Alfred, how dare you bring someone into the Batcave? I just that didn't make any sense to me at all. I get that she's a love interest. I get that you're trying to help Bruce out and yada, yada, yada. 
Don't be bringing strangers in the bad cave, man. What's wrong with you? She's that really, that really pissed me off. I mean, yeah. I mean, photographer, but still in the yeah, yeah. world. Ugh. She could have easily turned. Like... Yeah, if she got pissed off, been like, I know who Batman is. That yeah. just, I, I don't know. To me, that always seemed really out of place. Just mm-hmm. like, I just feel like he wouldn't be letting people know his secret identity like that. No, 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 no. I don't think he would. It would have. It. I think it would have taken either a lot more serious relationship for him to share, or for her to have found out on her own. Right. Right. And I think I would rather her have found out on her own. Me too. That would have been cooler twist for her. Right. Instead of Alfred just walking her in there, yeah. like, "Oh, look, I brought you a guest, Alfred. You I, and I, we're gonna talk later, okay?" That's actually thinking about it. That's something I probably would have thought would be a cool change to make was actually setting her up that she's the photographer you know journalist etc and at some point her working it out that would have been cool mm-hmm. so not just handing it over yeah but that was actually could have been a good setup was here we go here's this lady she's come here to photograph um catch the batman mm-hmm. take a picture etc and somehow she catches it between Batman and Batman yeah. and Bruce Wayne or something. I, I don't know well, they had that, that one fight sequence in the alley where the two of them, Batman and Vicky, are running from the goons and mm. he gets her up to thing, which is another line that they use in the Flash, how much do you weigh? Um, oh. And when she gets up there, she takes out her camera while he's down on the ground getting beat up by the goons and they go to take off his mask and that's when he starts fighting again. Like That could have been a really good spot to, if the goons had pulled the mask up enough and she flashed her camera just right, then like when she goes back to look at the film, she'd be like, I recognize that face. Like, that could have been a good way for her to discover it mm-hmm. on her own versus Alfred just waltzing her in there. Yeah. What do you think about how it was written? I mean, obviously, there's a, a script itself. Like, you know, I know, I know this, it's not aged that well, but... Yeah. No, I mean, I think the, the writing is definitely subpar now, mm-hmm. if I'm looking at it as now. But I think... It does a really good job in giving us characters that we would have already been familiar with, even though that TV series was 20, 30 years prior, right? Like, it does a good job of taking the characters that are familiar and giving them this new life, I think. I think the characters, the version of Batman, Joker, like, I think all of these characters that we get in this film are new enough that obviously they inspired a whole another generation of Batman fans. So I think in that sense, this film is well-written because it brought a whole new group of people into the fold um, instead of just playing up to old tropes. But I think it's it's also still very much a product of its time. Like I think it's written on par with just about all the other action films that came out in the 80s. It's not like Oscar-worthy by any means, but... It gets the job done and it pulls you in to the point where like you can definitely see yourself like cheering or jeering while you're watching the film. Um, I, I think I probably would. Uh, I, I think the script actually is fairly solid for the 80s. Uh, I think the script would have to be massively altered for now. I did. I, you know, it's really weird. As I was watching it, I thought, imagine if they remade this, like actually said we're going to remake the 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton still, etc. Yeah. Uh, you know, Imagine if they did that, and I thought they'd have to make such serious <clears throat> changes to make the script stronger for now. Yeah. Yeah. But for then, it was fine. 
I think if I was going to make a cut in Odyssey, I would actually make that beginning sequence a lot punchier. Like, okay. uh, spending way too much time chatting to these muggers in the alley, not chatting, sorry, hearing the muggers in the alleyway chatting before we got Batman. Yeah. That was way too slow. So, mm-hmm. and I think there's, then there is an element of that throughout the movie that is too slow. So, one of the things I did think though, while I was watching it, and I've got no issue with this, but you spend hardly any time with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I, it is much more of a Batman movie. Right. And and that's weird because considering, and I know you haven't seen it, but the Batman uh-huh. with Robert Robert Patterson that came out last year, a big criticism of that was hardly any Bruce Wayne. But actually, this movie was the same. Hardly any Bruce Wayne. There's a few obviously there's a few scenes with mainly with Vicky, but most of the time he's in the suit, right? Like I think though, I mean to me it works. Because no, 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 I've got no problem with it. I just... Yeah, like I, I came for a Batman movie. I didn't come for a Bruce Wayne movie, and I think that's probably one of my beefs with Batman Begins. Like, there is way too much Bruce Wayne, and definitely not enough Batman in in Batman Begins. Um, oh. but I think if it's the first, it has to be that way because I think Batman is the draw, and if there is not enough Batman at the beginning to pull you in, then you have no reason to come back for another film. I mean, I think well, we, we'll we'll go to the Nolan films another time, but uh, I, I won't make any comments on those. But um, yeah, anyway, I think overall, I'm glad I rewatched this movie. It was nice to go from the Flash to this. Yeah, and it made me think, damn, I wish I'd have watched this first. Like, obviously, bad planning, but I, I no, I liked watching it this way because it almost is like a you get to rinse your mouth out after a bad taste, right? Like, so this was, this was a nice chaser <laughs> from yeah, the flash. Yeah yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, but I, I still think this film, whilst it hasn't aged well in parts, actually is a really solid movie. Yeah. I'm curious to know how would you rate it? Like, Okay. I'm rating it based on then I'm not rating it based on now. Then 1989, I'm giving this a solid four. That's really weird because I think the same thing, like a four out of five for then. Yeah. Not for now. If this, now. Oh, if this film came out now, like literally came out today, this is what they released, it would be panned. Absolutely. It would make zero dollars. I just don't, it doesn't, like all the tropes are too dated, like the damsel in distress and yada yada, like we're past that now, so. No, I... Yeah, I mean, you don't really see. Um, if a Batman movie came out now, most of the love interests are Catwoman or right, son or or a uh, Razal Ghul's daughter or yeah, uh, you know, they're uh, villains. Yeah, like they're, I mean, they're, it makes sense though. Batman has more time to deal with villains than he does with normal people. So or or yeah, no, actually, no. K. K- e. M. Holmes's character was. Um, Damn it, what's in the legal system? She was um, the lawyer. Yeah, lawyer, yeah. I yeah. Know, I can't Didn't she work for she worked she was she worked for the DA, she worked for Gotham. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, DA, yeah. Yeah. And um, but yeah, she's a bit of an exception. However Yeah, but they also killed her off, so <laughs> well, they, well they didn't kill Katie Holmes off, but they killed that Well, they killed the character off, yeah. Uh I I, I look I think for nineteen eighty nine, this is a really standout movie. Uh, I think this was probably uh, this has got to be one of the better origin stories for a uh, superhero, I would think. Well, what I like to say that they didn't 
spend too much time on the origin. Right. We didn't have to go back and spend time with him as a kid. Yeah. And we didn't also have too much time on him brooding about his past and right. blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, and considering not everybody back then would have necessarily have known of Batman's origin. Yeah. Now people are very, very well, yeah, because we've had so many. Yeah. Yeah. But I also but... like that there was one scene where Vicky asked him, like, why do you do this? And he's like, somebody has to. Like, even though he's a jerk and a schmuck, like, he still gives a shit about the city that he lives in. Um, and so it's like, sometimes he does it grudgingly, but I think, like, that desire to want better for Gotham City has always been there, no matter which version of Batman we get. So, anyway, we will bring this episode to a close. Um, probably let it go on way too long, anyway. Uh, next episode, we're going to carry on with our run through the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher movies with Batman Returns from mm-hmm. 1992. You can also follow Geeks Unleashed on all social medias. Well, not all, sorry, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Look, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Good journey. Good journey.